Hey, this is Kiran Nagar from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show. Today we have Scott Brown with us. Scott is the owner and an executive leadership coach at Stonehouse Coaching. He helps successful leaders make measurable improvements in their ability to lead. Is known for his talks on success, strong teams, smart leadership, leadership development, and entrepreneurship. And one thing you should know is that he has nothing to do with Travis Scott or Chris Brown and Pan. Let's go, Scott. Tell us about your journey. What inspired you to become a coach that you are today? Yeah. First, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invitation to be on the podcast. So thanks very much. Yeah. So what inspired me to be a coach? That it's a Long story, but I can tell you the short version. I started as a trainer and interestingly enough, I was working in a maximum security prison in Raleigh, North Carolina and hated it. And some guy came into the area where I was working and said, Hey Brown, you're loud. Are you afraid of heights? I said, no, I'm not. He said, do you want to be a high ropes course instructor? I said, tell me what's involved. He said, Two weeks, you won't be here at the prison. I said, you can stop right there. So that started me on my training journey. And I really figured out doing these high ropes courses, which are the, the confidence building courses, I really figured out that I really loved seeing people move past a fear or move past doubt and seeing those aha moments. I loved it. And then just over the years, that's evolved from training in things like high ropes and firearms and self-defense to eventually soft skills and finally to where I am today. And so I've done lots of related work, always fine tuning the amount of impact I can have and still get my buzz from seeing people get better. I just love doing it. You love doing it and tell us about success story that you love or at least success story that you can remember of right now. Anything? transformational that you help coach. Tell us about the journey. Success story. There's a lot. And how do I tell it with and keep the anonymity? I'll talk about one person I coached early in my coaching days. And he was an executive in a, a major manufacturing company, a multinational manufacturing company, one that everyone's heard of. And his problem was he was a very old school leader. He had been brought up where leaders were almost always men, almost always aggressive, and didn't mind using that aggression. But he recognized that style had outlived its usefulness. And he had a lot of old habits to break, and no one really thought he ever would. And he did. And I was so impressed with his discipline around really really doing the work day in and day out. The success stories are always about the people making the change. I'm the guide on the side, but they're the main stage there. And this guy, against all odds, made major changes in his life. And we love stories like that. And the better we love to the strategies, right? So if you cannot share the story, please share the strategy. How did you help the person get out of the old mindset to a new one and get out there and get it? Yeah, the strategy for that was the beginning of my adopting what I later knew was the Marshall Goldsmith method, which is stakeholder-centered coaching. So the strategy behind stakeholder-centered coaching is to invite stakeholders into your, into your behavior change. So it starts with identifying what's the behavior that you really want to change. And in this guy's case, he would lose his temper and he would be on the manufacturing shop floor 
shouting at people. And he knew that he couldn't do that. And he shouldn't do that. And, and there were a lot of less dramatic things that were accompanying that. And he was brave enough to ask for the help and humble enough to recognize that he needed help and disciplined enough to use it day in and day out. And those three things are the keys, right? But the stakeholder process, you simply invite people who have an opportunity to witness the behavior that you're trying to change, who you can trust to give you honest feedback in the moment, and who have a vested interest in seeing you be successful. And if you can find a handful of people with those three qualities and just say, I'm trying to work on this and I'm working with a coach and I want you to give me feedback when you see me doing this. Better yet, if you see me about to do this, stop me from doing this. And I want you to feel free to call my coach anytime and tell him what you're seeing so that he will have good data to work with. And I've repeated that process with hundreds of clients since then. And it works. It simply works. It have to work because the base on which we are building the building is strong. So strong basis leads to bigger buildings. Scott, next question to you is about team building, right? Something that you speak of is smart leadership. So give us an insight of what is smart leadership and what is not very smart leadership. Smart leadership is a lot of things, right? But let's see in a couple of sentences, what is smart leadership? Smart, smart leadership starts with self-awareness, right? It's understanding yourself and then it's trying to understand the team that you're leading, both as individuals and the dynamic, right? But I like to refer to as the space between the individuals. It's so important to pay attention and to really think not generically, what does leadership mean, but specifically, what does leadership mean for this team, mm. for this group of individuals and for this unit that this group of individuals forms, right? So that's probably the biggest part of smart leadership is taking the time to be thoughtful in your leadership. And there are hundreds of other things, other qualities, but we would have to talk for days to get through it all. But that's probably the biggest thing. The main thing that, as you mentioned, is being able to recognize and being self-aware of what the situations are. Is it is it necessary to, while handling conflicts, right? Or while having difficult conversations with it. So what should be the mindset, right? How to dedicate in a way so that the person is convinced that this is the right thing to do and not a workload on me. Yeah. So the biggest thing to bring people along to get buy-in is to involve them in the decision-making. And it's a tricky thing, right? You've got, you've got to be willing to, like my math teacher used to say when I was in high school, show your work, show how you solve that problem so that people will understand the thinking behind your decision. And some leaders get that wrong and think that they have to lead by consensus. And I'm not saying consensus is always wrong, but it's not always necessary either. But what is necessary is that you bring people along with you. If you're making a decision and you're holding that decision as your own, rather than say some sort of democratic process, right? If you're saying, this is my call, but I do want your input. I'd like to have you help me think through the process. I'd like to have you point out what things could go wrong so that we can figure out how to solve them together. And I think if you do that more often than not, even if people ultimately disagree with the final decision, they can at least understand how the decision was made, which makes it more likely for them to get on board and support you, even if that wasn't the decision they would have made. Does that answer the question? 
it does it does making sure that at least they are the part of the conversation is something and the decision even if it is a firm one needs to be discussed and get along the best way so that the team can unanimous uh, like together achieve the goal so i get it kurt my next question to you is about a question you want people to ask you right so there is a question i haven't asked you but you want people to ask you that question so what is that question you want people to ask you and what would your answer to that question a question that i want people to ask me but you haven't asked yet that's a good question let me think about that for a minute i don't know how to answer that <laughs> you've got a lot of questions that you sent me that we haven't talked about but okay yeah. okay so let's make it easier okay hey actually i do have one and it's about understanding what coaching is right and I think even though it's way more common for leaders to have coaches, and in fact, it's almost a status symbol, right? To have a coach, which is a very different thing from when I started doing this work. But I think still a lot of people don't understand what the coach's role is. And they think of the coach as primarily an advisor, someone who is saying, do this or don't do that. And it's simply not the case. The coach's primary role is as a thought partner, and maybe an accountability partner, but the coach's primary tool is the question, not the statement. Great coaches ask great questions, and the leader that's being coached has to think through the answer. And the coach who spends most of his or her time telling is really doing the leader a disservice because the role of being or the process of being coached is about self-discovery. And it's about finding your own answers to the problems that you're facing or to the struggles that you're dealing with. So that's something that I want everyone to understand. Yes. You answered a great question because there is a difference between coaching and mentor and that difference needs to be understood. Scott, before we move forward, tell us about the best ways of reaching out to you. Tell us about your website, your email or anything that can help us reach out. Sure. So the website is stonehousecoaching.com and the email is scott at stonehousecoaching.com. And those are the best ways to reach me. You can also find me on LinkedIn, of course. You can just search for Scott Brown Stonehouse Coaching and there I'll be. And happy to have you follow me there. And I do post fairly regularly on LinkedIn. I try to get something out once a week or so, some sort of thought on leadership. And we have a newsletter that we put out. Shelby and I work together to put a newsletter out once a month. And if you go to the website or to my LinkedIn profile, you'll find links to subscribe to that newsletter. So easy guys, stone house. Yes. So Scott, that leads me to my final question for the day. So what are the action steps? What are things to do after listening to this conversation? After listening to this conversation, if you are a leader, I hope you are moved to find yourself a coach, whether that's me or somebody else. I hope you are moved to find yourself a coach. And I mean anybody. If you are responsible for lead other human beings, you have a responsibility to continue to develop yourself forever. That doesn't mean you have to work with a coach forever, but you should be thinking about what thing could I improve that would be a, that would cause a significant improvement in my ability to lead. That's the thing that you should be thinking about. And if it doesn't come to your head, obviously, go ask trusted advisors what that thing is. I am confident they have an answer for you. 
If they tell you nothing, worry a lot about that because that means that you haven't inspired them to trust that they can give you honest feedback. So again, find that coach to figure out how you can correct that. Okay, guys. And it is very simple to find your the best coach. And it is at stonehousecoaching.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, guys. Again, it is your choice. So do reach out. With that said, Thank you so much, Scott, for such a wonderful conversation. It was an honor to host you today. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. I am really honored and I'm having a lot of good emotions right now speaking with you. Thank you so much for making my evening. And you guys have a great day. I am your host, Kirnagana, signing off.